successful friend. If you missed Friday night service, my God, you know what you missed? I'm telling you, you, those who are here are told to listen ten times, and they will be converted in what I preached. I'm telling you, friend, you don't want to miss what I preached on Friday. But if you do, that's your, that's your loss. For those who are here to gain it, I'm telling you, plug in, baby. You're in for a great time. Jacob Ladd is yours. Amen. All right, chapter 4. And Adam knew his wife, her name was Eve, and she conceived. There came and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, that could be many years, we don't know. It came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstling of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his Offering, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth; he was angry, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said, "Cain, why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted?" And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. This is sin is inside. It's at the door. And unto thee shall is desire, meaning Abel, and thou shalt rule over him. I want to talk to you this morning about a bloodless altar. An altar without blood. Lord, Bless the listeners. Only you can go beyond the ears. My speech affects the ears, but your presence affects the heart. Would you combine those two and open understanding that they may understand what I'm talking about and that the fruit may come from this word. I praise thee, O God, in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. In the beginning, God, or I should say, God creates the beginning. There was no beginning, because there is no time. Somebody after a start point. God creates the beginning. And God said, let there be, and it was so. He said it several times, and the earth and the heavens and the moon and the sun and the stars came up. I want you to notice, he did not create a church. He did not create a religion. He did not create an altar. He did not create a tabernacle. Hello? He did not. God just said, let there be. And the heavens and the earth came present 
And here they are. They were present right here. And they're with us today still. And God said, let make a man and a woman. And God made male and female. And so Adam and Eve came into existence. And when they came into existence, the Bible tells us, when they came into existence, they had a relationship. It says, and Adam knew his wife, and they brought forth two boys, Cain and Abel. Now, if you read chapter 3 of Genesis, you'll read that in verse 23, 24, this family was evicted out of the Garden of Eden. God told Adam and Eve, out. Out. And we noticed there was no preachers. There was no Bible. There was no psychologists. There was no universities. There were no colleges. There were no doctors. There were no jail. There was nothing. There were no democracy or communism. There were no politicians. Just God and a man and a woman. That's how it started out. So no opinion today have a right to pass judgment on what was before their time. They were just not there. And they're irrelevant. No matter what they say today, they are totally irrelevant. God did not create sin. God did not even create death. God brought life into this existence. And God, who is the author and the owner of all things, had a right to tell the man that he created for his God pleasure how he's going to live. And God told him what he can do and what he cannot do. And God told him what the consequences are if he disobeyed him. He said, if you disobey me and do anything different, you're going to die. You obey me, you're going to live. Now, Adam have no idea what death is. Because he's going to die if you do it. No, sir, there is no altar. No animals are dying. Nobody is dying. It's all good. Very good. And then a problem starts. A serpent showed up. Had a conversation with the couple. And next thing you know, they, they transgress the laws of God. And they disobeyed. And when they did, they introduced a word called shame. They introduced a word called naked. And they introduce a need to hide. None of those were the doings of God. All of those came from disobedience. From a man and his wife that chose not to obey God. And listen to what they call the serpent. And they disobeyed God. And God came. God questioned them. And they answered and blamed each other. The beginning of blame. Not my fault. This one's fault. And they blame each other. And finally God says, you're all guilty. Amen. Because I told you not to do it. And then God said, alright, I'm going to put you out. You don't stay here and disobey me. Out. But I want you to know what God did. God said, they 
provided clothing for themselves. They put on leaves clothing to hide their shame. I'm not sure who they were ashamed before. Because there are no other men and women around there to look at them. Hello? But in their own mind, they were ashamed. Who's going to look at them? At their nakedness? There's no one else to look at them. Because the kangaroos and the animals and the, and the giraffes and the skunks, but there's no other human being to look at them. Why are they ashamed? But they're ashamed before God. They're naked. Obviously, they were not before. They lost something. And they realize it disappeared and give them a need to hide from God. And so they first start hiding from God. When God showed up, God knew where they were. God called them and they came out of hiding. Now God said, who told you you were naked? I didn't tell you you were naked. So where did you learn that from? And God says, well, how do you learn that? He said, did you eat what I told you not to do? And they said, well, she said, didn't say yes, she told me to. And she said, don't blame me, blame the serpent. And they go down the line, and God said, all right, I'm going to start judgment from the serpent up towards Adam. And works his way up the ladder. And they said, now, you guys are trying to cover up what you've just done. It's not going to work. What you have on will not last. Your clothing will not last. I'm going to put you out of this garden. You're going in the world. Notice now, folks, if you can imagine a big circle... And a little circle in the middle of that big circle. That little circle is called the Garden of Eden. It's in the midst of the world. And when God kicked them out of the Garden of Eden, they went into the world. But not wearing fig leaves or leaves. They wearing skin. Let me tell you what Adam and Eve just did. They invented, not God, they invented the need for an altar. That was not God's idea. God did not create an altar. They invented a need for a sacrifice. That was not the idea of God. That's their sin demand that. Because God had a choice. Do I slay Adam and Eve? Because they're both sinning. They both ate and they're both going to die. Do I slay them like I promised? Or do I do something different? And in the wisdom of God, He said, rather than killing Adam and Eve, why don't I kill a substitute on their behalf? Why don't I slay two or three animals? in their place because blood have got to be shed that they may be forgiven and so God said let me slay some beast and God slew those beasts and God took the covering of those the skin of those beasts and covered them what a bloody covering hello and then God Put them outside of the garden, covered with skin. It's obvious covering means atonement. And it means also that a life or lives had to be laid down. Now God had a choice. Do I kill Adam and Eve for their sins? Or do I kill these animals 
in place of them. From that came the message of substitutionary sacrifice. What God is saying, you cannot live in sin. Because the wages of sin is... Now, who's going to die? Adam and Eve are the animals. Well, God chose to let the lower life form die for the higher life form. He let the animals die in place of Adam and Eve. And that's the beginning of a need for blood sacrifice. There's nothing gory about God. It was Adam and Eve that determined there's a need for it. And God is just a supplier of it. Adam and Eve did not kill those animals. God did. Now, what God is saying, either I kill Adam and Eve, or I kill those animals. And God spared Adam and Eve and killed the animals to pacify and justify His law. Now, you're going to say, now, what kind of God is this? You are not qualified to reply to God and tell Him what He should Give us a judgment. You didn't create him. He created you. And he's a right. It's his world. It's his creation. Even your body's not yours. It's his. You're on his earth. You broke his law. And he determined the judgment that will appease him. He said a life has to be laid down. And in his mercy and grace, he chose not to lay your life down, but to lay down the innocent life of an animal. Now, there was no environmentalist around. There were no animal rights around to dictate to God. Because God said, all the cattle are mine. Everything on the hills belongs to me. So you can't tell him what to do. Alone, he's sovereign. And so, God put them out. What God did there now is telling Adam and Eve, when you go out of this garden, the only way you're going to stay in fellowship with me and live is by death. Sacrifice. And I'm going to give you an example of how you do it. Here's how you do it. They watched him kill those things. They watched him offer that, that uh, blood on their behalf. And they watched him clothe them. But they can't do it for themselves. And they watched him put them out. And he chose not to kill them. But he killed the animals. And then he said, Look, Adam and Eve, I give you dominion over the beasts of the field. They don't rule you. You rule them. You are greater than they are. And I'll accept their person in place of yours as a sacrifice because you Adam you broke a covenant with me and either anybody who break the covenant is going to end up like this sacrifice when you leave the garden of Eden if you break the covenant then you're going to end up dead like the animal if I, God, break it, then I'm going to lay down my life for you, to you. I'm going to say that. The sacrifice meant whoever, 
I'm going to show you. Come here. Caleb, come here. Come here. Thomas, come here. Thomas, I want you to be at the altar. Stand right here. Come here, Thomas. Thomas, stand right, don't move. Stand right here, Thomas. I want you to be an altar for me so I can, I can use you. You and I have a covenant. And from now on, this is the basis of all covenants. A life has got to be laid down. The person who will break it, this will be, that's where you're going to end up if you break this altar. If you, if you break our covenant, you're going to be just like this animal, dead. If I break the covenant, I'm going to end up like this one, you're dead. Hello? As long as we keep that covenant, this animal life will suffice. Got it? You got it? So the day you don't do this sacrifice to me and I sacrifice to you, you're going to die. Because this represents your death. It represents my death. It's a covenant. It's a, it's, a, it's a testament of an agreement. Every agreement must have blood. Right? With this agreement. Now, I want you to watch what happened now. When they left the garden and have kids, they taught this to Cain and Abel. The only way you're going to stay in fellowship with God is by a blood sacrifice. Like God taught mommy and daddy. And you must continue it. It is obvious that in the process of time, that means some time went on. That could be 50 years, 100 years, 20 years, I don't know. Are you with me? Time went by when these boys used to do it. Something happened down time that Cain decided today not to do it. Abel continues to do it because Adam and Eve taught him and God taught Adam and Eve the need for that to maintain fellowship as long as you have an altar God going to talk to them but he will not talk to them without an altar don't forget who made the need for an altar Adam and Eve's sin there was no altar between them in the beginning they talked face to face but now, because of sin, there's an altar between them. And there's a life between them. And it's got to be either is or whatever life. So either Adam could be on this altar, or God could be on the altar. Either one could be. I understand that. Depends on who will break the covenant. Make sense? So, that's how covenant is. And so, when Cain did it, and God said, now Cain... You expected a response that didn't come. You know what I did for Abel when Abel did it. I respond favorable to him. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no covering, no remission. So Cain did that. And, and Cain decided not to do it. So his altar is an altar. He wants to worship. And he's worshiping. Nothing wrong with his fruit. It's not the, the, the worst of the kind. But it's just not what God wanted from him. 
Covenants are not made with fruit. They're made with blood. Blood covenant. And Cain said, no, I'm going to do something different. And God said, Cain, sin is at your... That's the first time sin is mentioned. Is that right? Is that right? How do we know sin is mentioned? Because God said the absence of that is the presence of what? S-I-N. So sin is at the door. Sin has not yet entered in the house. But it's crouching there. When to get, if you keep this up, that's what's going to happen. Because I'm not going to talk to you. Hello? Hello? In other words, the fire is not going to fall. Like the Balaam worshippers prayed and nothing happened. Elijah prayed, something happened. Hello? And so what happened now? He's angry. Angry with God. And God said, what's the problem? I did nothing wrong. The problem is with you. You know what's right. You do it and you will be accepted. In other words, a sacrifice is a message of acceptance or an agreement. It's a memorandum of understanding between two people. An agreement is a negotiated agreement by a mediation. A mediatory is the altar. Are you with me? So if there's an altar of mediation, then it means that there's an agreement. So acceptance, you know, I do mediation, and when a couple come before me, some said I don't agree, and there's no acceptance, so they go back to court. If there is no agreement, then the law kicks in. But if there's an agreement, the law is of none effect. If the couple can't agree, the law is powerless. Well, if the couple can't agree, then the law kicks in. So he's saying, Cain, if you don't do this, the law of sin is death. You're going to die. It's at your door. Because sin is the transgression of the law. Is that right? Now, you know... People say, well, well, blood is gory in the church and blood is gory in singing and blood is gory in the Bible and oh, da, da, da. Hey, we're the one that caused it, not God. Not God. But it's a blood agreement. When a man marry a woman and you get married and you have sex, you enter into a blood agreement. When he transfer is whatever to you, woman, he transfers something which is the blood in that seed. That blood in that father determine whether the child going to be a male or a female. Don't look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. Hello. And so God's saying, look, Cain, there's problem here. And you're in trouble. Now Cain turned around and killed his brother but refused to kill a lamb. He had more sympathy for the animals, but none for the human family. See back where we are? And ever since that time, Cain become the author of the environmentalist theory of life. They worship, hello, nature. They worship things but deny the true God. They call God's requirement for sacrifice gory and sociopath, hello, and they neglect the real path that God gave them to live. Stay with me. 
Are you following me? So now Cain killed his brother and did the ultimate. And God said, now Cain, you're the first murderer. And you're going to force my hand to do what I don't want to do. I'm going to send you now from my presence. Now, he's gone one step further than Adam and Eve. Because God used to talk to them. Now, God can't talk to Abel because Abel is dead. But guess what? Abel may be dead, but his blood is still speaking. There's life in blood. Blood communicates to God. So the blood of the altar communicates to God. So even though Abel is dead, his blood still speaking. Now, look what's happening here. God sent this young man away. He said, go away. Now, I'm going to use you as Abel, right? I'm Cain. Go away, Cain. Go away. And Cain is scared that somebody's going to kill him. Well, who's going to kill him? His brother is dead. The only person alive is Adam and Eve and him. So who's going to kill him? Nobody. But he figured they're going to kill him. Now, Cain knows that his mom's going to have more kids. Cain also knows that he's going to have kids also, going to marry his sister and all that stuff. And people are going to know what he did. Now, Lamech knew what he did. My Bible says he knew what he did. Everybody knew what he did. But God put a mark on him. Come here. Come here, son. God put a mark, a mark of the beast on him. And said, nobody by hand is allowed to kill him. Only God. He'll be dead without hands. He's following me. You're going to die. This guy, but not only did he do that, he left with his own religion. He didn't stop worshiping. But this time he's not worshiping the true God now. Hello? You have the Cain religion. The doctrine of men. And produce daughters. Right? And now his mama have another boy called Seth. And Seth begin to obey mommy and daddy's religion and build the altar the right way and then got sons and daughters and they become the sons of God and all the sons of Cain follow me now are the sons of men born of the flesh don't obey God do their own thing and they practice polygamy marrying more than one wives Killing more people and justifying it. And guess what? They make musical instrument organs and they were metallurgists and they were musical people. Hey guys, it's hard with them, you know. And these guys are just shepherd nomads, you know. Over here, here they are, these guys are. All they do is worship God the way they should until Cain got some good looking girls. My God. I mean, figure eight shape looks like debonair. Woo. I mean, Beautiful girls. I mean, their tits were right, and their waist was right, and their hip was right, and everything was just right. They look good and better looking than these guys over here. Pretty soon, God's girls don't look too good looking, like those over there. And what happened? The, the daughters over there attract the boys from here. Hello? Don't look at me like that. I'm not sinning. You're sinning, not me. Hello? And they start marrying these guys. Is that right? And God got pretty angry. You know what? They stopped building altars. They stopped worshiping God. And they started doing Cain way. And so now they have a worship without sacrifice. 
Because to them it's gory. And God says, I'm angry. I'm mad. And so they got giant kids. You know what I mean? Kids up to nine feet high, six feet high, ten feet high. Talk about dinosaur, man. You got dynamite out there. Tall champions, you know. Champions. These are guys that give the book a record here. Amen. And God said, kill them all. Is that right? God said, kill them all. What does Cain does not do? Cain does not offer blood sacrifice. His religion does not need it. All the Setites. Read your Bible. From which came Noah, Methuselah, and Enoch. What did they do? Where did Abraham come from? From the sons of Seth. Where did Jacob come from? Sons of Seth. Where did Isaac came from? Sons of Seth. None came from this guy here. God wiped them out. But one problem. Their daughters married Noah's son. Hello? Their daughters married Noah's son. Now all of that now, but they converted to the religion of Noah. Hello? And God made sure they have no kids to join that mess out there. God shut up their womb so they couldn't have kids. Otherwise, I'm about to kill them too. So now you got just eight guys, a family of eight, right? Three sons, three girls, huh? Canaanite girls, marrying these Noahites because they were all condemned. Hello, include Noah, but God, they found grace, right? So they built for 120 years the, the ark, and what happened? Did God said put a, an altar in the in the uh, and the ark, it didn't say that. But God said something. Take the clean animals, which he, he defined what clean is, by what? Sevens. That means paired. Two is okay, three is an oddball. If you're dating, three is an odd. Right? One person do extra. Get them out of the way. Hello? Boy, looking at me, you didn't know those things. You guys are loafers. You know that. The loafers, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, here they are. Two of them, right? So if you're dating, you can have three of you. Three of you can't beat them. That's one of the chaperones. I'm going to tell, tell on you, okay? <laughs> All right. Now, here they are. And so God says, Flood, you're over. The flood stops. What's the first thing they did when they came out? God told Noah, I'll make covenant with you. What did he ask for? Sacrifice. What sacrifice did he ask for? Did Noah say, well, here's some grapefruit, here's some pineapples, here's some bananas. Did he say that? What would have happened? Back to Cain's situation. God said, you know what? I wanted seven and not just six. All the seventh one is mine on your altar. And I want you to slay those and put on the altar. Now, here you environmentalists, what a gory God. He just loved the slaying of animals. Ooh, why kill that cow? Why kill that, that little, you know, whatever, that lamb or the ram? Hello? But that's a slate. It's mine. It's mine. 
put it on that altar like I did with right and the fire came right and when the fire came God went ooh that smells nice now you want to argue with God why you want that scent and that smell go ahead I'm not going to ask him anything I'm just glad he likes me hello and God says, you know, when God smelled, when God sent it all, then God says, I will never ever again curse the earth for man's sake. What changes mine? Was it, was it Noah or was it the altar? What, so what, the altar justify Noah to God. It appeased God. It pleases God. Is that right? And what did they stop doing after after Noah? They stopped offering sacrifice. And what did they start doing? Building towers. And what was their plan? Get to heaven without God. Get to heaven without an altar. Is that right or not? Is that right? They said they're going to do it. And God said, let's go now and see what they're doing. Nobody said, serve God. They said, let's build our own little cities, right? Shem, Ham, and Japheth. They're all together in, in, in this thing. Right? And God said, this is crazy. Let's go on and stop it, boys. And God gave them language. Now, I don't care what language you speak. Now, I, I speak English by force. You know, my original family is from, uh, from Africa somewhere. I suppose that's from the Zulu tribe, I guess. I'm not sure what tribe you guys are from. But you guys don't know. What tribe are you from, sister? Danny tribe? You're Danny. Rah-rah, Danny. Four chip white hour. Where tribe are you guys from? You don't know Filipina. Twaga no tribe? I guess you got no no personality then. What tribe are you from? You're from Canada. <laughs> well whatever. We got some Jamaicans here too. And whatever you come from, Spanish or Espanol or French or Francois. But where we where you came from? You all came from the Tower of Babel. The language you speak came from the Tower of Babel. But what was absent? What was absent at the Tower of Babel? There was no altar. There was no sacrifice. And God said, "Let's stop what these guys are doing." Right? Didn't talk to them. Just stop them. Shut them up. And He did. And the language you speak today came from there. And then, give me a be seated, please. And God go among them and pick out Abraham. Church, God picked out Abraham from that mess. He said, you, I'm going to reveal my name to you. I'm going to reveal to you how to stay in fellowship with me. You're going to do it by sacrifice. You understand that? I want you to leave Ur of the Chaldees. I want you to leave your family tree, your family background from between the land of the Tigris and the river Euphrates. You're going to come with me. I'm going to take you to a land that's mine. I'm going to teach you how God, who God is, how to worship God. Get terror with you. Are, are you with me? He grabbed Lot and all the crowd with him until they died off. And God said, now, Abraham, here's how you do it. Right? Abraham, build me an altar. Search the Bible. Every time he moves, he's building an altar. And who's showing up? God. Every time he builds an altar, God shows up. Well, that's glory. For you it is, but for him, it's a covenant seal. It's a covenant. 
And last time God going to talk to him. Now God said, now, I want you to make me an altar. And God gave him seven different sacrifices. And the Bible says he put those sacrifices down. And what happened? The horror of the night came on him. Is that right? Is that right? And the birds come eat of his sacrifice. And he fought them off. And at midnight, who showed up? God! Where? At his altar. God said, don't you light it in the fire. Just put the sacrifice there. And I'll, and I'll produce the fire. Is that right? And God came as a fire and burned through the, And God gave him the, the covenant of circumcision. If that's not bloody, then you tell me what is. You ask any man what circumcision is. It's bloody. Right? And God says, Abraham, from now on your name is changed. From Abram to Abraham. And your wife from Sarai to Sarah. And as long as you build an altar, we're friends. You stop an altar and you're a dead man. Hello? And if your seed don't do it, they're dead too. Huh? But that sacrifice, as long as it's there, you'll be alive. As long as the blood sacrifice is there, you live. The day is absent, you die. Come on, folks. Can you see where I'm going? Can you see where I'm going? The world don't understand that, church, but we better understand this. Hello? we got to get the blood back in our Bible. The blood back in our song. The blood back in our worship. The blood back in oh, come on, our believing. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no covenant. There is no relationship. There is no walk with God. You don't know God. God don't know you, my friend. I said, Abraham, teach it to Isaac. And then God did something very strange, what the pagans always did in the land that they were in. I want you to offer up your son. Don't tell Sarah anything, because last time Eve messed up Adam. So avoid the influence of the woman. Come with me. Boy, that's good, good teaching, right? <laughs> you listen to your dad, don't listen to me. <laughs> All right. So God, so God took Abraham outside and said, don't tell Sarah what I want to tell you right now. But I want you right now, I want you right now, take your boy, the only boy that you have, and here on a place I'm going to show you, Mount Moriah. Abraham, I want you to offer up your son. Lay down, boy, lay down. Come on, lay down. You need a good suit on, go on. I'll pay for directing later on. Boy, you're obedient. Is he always like that? Give me a knife, somebody. He said, Dad, Dad, yes, son. <laughs> We got the wood, we got the fire, but where's the sacrifice? No, you know, you got wood, an altar, <laughs> but no sacrifice. Okay, he said, the Lord will provide. I mean, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, I mean, the Lord will make himself the sacrifice. If there's no sacrifice, one will have to die. He understood that. If the Father have no sacrifice, which of us going to die, Daddy, me or you? That's what he's trying to ask him. So don't worry, boy. God will provide. So there he goes now. And Abraham built his... So he tied him. And he pulled the knife. Listen, church. To, to do what? Huh? To maintain the friendship with God, he's got to kill his son. Right? He didn't love his son more than God or God more than his son. So he's going to offer his son. He appeared enough to, to kill his son. And he said, stop it. And Isaac, Isaac balls. Daddy! 
And God, God froze his hand so he couldn't go down. I said, what's wrong, God? God said, look to the right. He looked and he saw a ram. God did not discontinue the altar. He's replaced what's on the altar. I'm going to show what happened at Calvary, honey. Come here, brother. brother. Hallelujah. You stand with the sacrifice right here. In fact, we got rid of him. Come on, get up. Come here. Thomas, come on right here, Thomas. I got a real, real bull right here. Come lay right there. You're Abraham. Right? So, here's your son, Isaac. Isaac is spared. You spare your son. And you slew this animal. Because something had to die. Somebody had to die. There has to be a death. Either your son or him. And you chose the ram. Now, come here. Father, come here, Father. You offer your son today. Go over there. Go over there. Okay, now. I want you to represent God. And he's your only begotten son through Mary. Right? Mary, give me a son right here. And I want you to offer him up. Right? Now, Abraham, chicken out, and think of his son and put a ram down there. Now it's time for you, Father, like Abraham, like Father Abraham, off of your son. Why don't you find me a ram? You said blood of rams and bulls and goats can't get this job done. So you decide to offer up your only begotten son. Lay down, boy. I'm going to kill you. Lay down. So I'm going to offer him up to the Romans. I'm going to put thorns, crowns of thorns on his head. Are you with me? I'm going to nail his hands. I'm not going to talk. I'm going to nail him. Nail his hands. I'm going to nail his feet. I'm going to stick him on the side. I'm going to beat his back. And then make sure he dies. What's the difference? Abraham offered an animal in place of his son. Right? But God offered up his only begotten son. What's the difference? That blood over here of this animal could not appease what God really wants done. But over here, the 10th chapter of Hebrews says, it had to be this way. I understand that. Now, if you take the same picture and go with me down towards Egypt, did you know in Egypt somebody had to die? Every house in Egypt had to have a death. Either the death of the firstborn or the death of a beast. And God told Israel, rather than me taking your life, boy, substitute a beast, boy. And those who don't listen to me, they're going to lose their son. That's how Pharaoh lost his son. Let's worship God. Thank you, guys. I hope you get the message today. There is a need for blood. Now, the Bible says it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats and efforts should take away sin. 
Go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. And please go there and read for yourself. You, church, you got to get this, church. we got to get blood back in the church. It's not a gory situation. What it says. What it says. Chapter 10 of Hebrews. Go there. It's not possible. It is not what? It's not possible. And then in chapter 9 of Hebrews, the 22 says, that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. So Calvary is not a gory situation. It's either God killed the whole world, or offer His only begotten Son. But somebody got to die. Either all of us, or just Him. And if one died for all, that means all were dead. Hello? You guys don't get message. If Jesus had not died, this world would not be here today. This world would have ceased. God would have burned the whole thing up and you would not have been born. But Hebrews 10, 4 says, it's not possible. But once and for all, Jesus Christ came to our world. Now, who was Jesus Christ? Here's, here's the secret here. Abraham said of God, Jehovah Jireh. Now, come back here, brother. Can you please come here? I'm going to show you something. Come, come on, son. Come back here. Time with your dad. Folks, I want to look at this. There's not two gods. There are not three gods. There are not four gods. Tell me side of that. What God told Abraham, I can't show you unless I show you a picture like this. But in reality, in reality, go over there, please. Go back over there. Sit with Hello? All right? Mr. Kim, come here. This, this will be a mystery of godliness. <laughs> He is God. God's a spirit. And He's going to take on human body and flesh and come in our world, right? And so you disappear and you come, you come right here. And she gave birth as Mary to a flesh. God with us. Emmanuel is God with us. That's what Abraham is going to take at Mount Moriah, which is Mount Calvary. Are you with me? And when, when John the Baptist saw him, he pointed at him and said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the whole world. In other words, in his body, in his blood, which is for remission of sins. Is that right? His blood is for our sins. Hello? He has no sin. The animal had no sin, but he died. For those who had sin. He too have no sin, but died for those who have sin. Hello? But he is a kinsman redeemer because he partook of flesh and blood as we are. That he, by the grace of God, may purchase us back from death. So his blood is the precious purchasing currency of life. 
Are with me? Now, you disappear off the scene. You go off the scene. Go off the scene. You go back. Now, here's Jesus Christ in this body, walking around. Say, I'm the light of the world. I'm bread of life. He said, except to drink my blood and eat my flesh, you can't be my disciples. And 7,000 people said, this guy's crazy. I walked and left him alone. But all he's saying is, if you don't partake of the Lord's Supper, you don't belong to him. Because the Lord's Supper is symbolic of his what? His flesh and his blood. You can't have a bloodless church. And as often as you do this, it always reminds you of him. Now, when he was on the cross, what came from his side? Blood and water. What was it for? Remission of sins. Without that, there can be no remission of sin. So, the death of Jesus Christ is not suicidal. It's not gory. It's not cannibalistic. I come to lay my life down. Nobody murdered him. He volunteered to give his life in place of me because somebody got to die to maintain fellowship with God because the law is broken. Now, you know when you commit murder, you're gonna, you should be hung or killed, or, right? Now, the, the law today is slack, but in, initially, in history, you die. But the judge can make a, a reprieve on that. Hello? With a condition that must be met. And the condition God made was, instead of killing all of us, while we were yet sinners, He died for us. And here's how it happened. I want you to watch this church. I want all of you, if it's possible, to leave your seat right now and come and touch this man. You know what you're doing? You're transferring all of your sins on him. Where this came from? The Old Testament. God taught the cleansing of a leper was by the blood of the red heifer. Right? The death of two doves. Is that right? One alive, one dead. Is that right? The scapegoat. Right now this happened to the young Kippur a while ago. What does that mean? The releasing of one and killing of the other. Now, God say, if there is no altar and there is no blood, then you're going to have to die. But as long as there's an altar burning, and God said, Israel, that fire must never go out, because if it goes out, you're dead. David did a mistake in the thing. He numbered Israel, and what happened when he did it? God slew all of Israel. Why? There was no blood offered. There was no atonement money. How did he stop the blood from taking... The blood that is from the angel. He said, look, build me an altar. Right? In Arano's field. And when he built the altar, what happened? The angel stopped. Because you can't kill both for the same thing. That sacrifice took the place of the people. So God said, I purchased this church <coughs> with his blood. When a person backslides, what you actually did, you reverse this. Hello? And you're going to die in your sins. Because you can't claim the altar. Backsliding is a treacherous act. A dangerous thing to do. Very deadly. And very dangerous. 
you reverse Calvary. You crucify him afresh, afresh. And that one doesn't redeem sin. It condemns us. So when I see the blood of Jesus, when I see the blood on, on, on my people, I'll pass over them. I won't do to them what I'm going to do to the world. Because without the blood of Jesus Christ, you cannot be saved. Let's worship God. Thank you. You've got to have the blood of Jesus. Now, before I close today, I want you to ask, number one, blood is purchasing power. That's the exit price they paid to come out of Egypt. They could not come out alive except the blood was applied. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. How did Abraham keep friendship with God? It was with the blood covenant. Amen? And when Moses would not do it, God almost killed the son and killed Abraham and killed Moses too. Is that right? He had to do it. It's the price of your redemption. It's the cost of the church. In fact, turn with me, please, to Acts 20 and verse 28. Listen to this. He purchased the church with his own blood. Now, these followers are saying, do we have the blood of Jesus Christ in there? We don't. Most modern day scholars and singers do not want to hear the word blood. It's gory to them. It's uncannibalistic to them. It's weird. Why should one die for other people when he didn't sin? I want to ask you a question. Some of you have been in debt and others pay your debt for you. Why did they pay the debt for you? Hello? You've been, people have been in debt before, and some nice relative of yours stepped forward and paid a debt they didn't owe. Because you owe a debt you couldn't pay. And that's why Jesus Christ died for you, because He had the power to come back to life. You can't. Once you die, you stay dead. But when He died, He came back from the grave. After three days, your relatives that are dead, do they come back? No. They don't have that power. But if you die in Christ, we will live again because of the death of Jesus and His resurrection. Acts 20, 20 it says, He purchased the church with His own blood. I don't mean this building. I mean you and me. I want to ask you mom and dads who have babies in your, in your family, can you have a birth of a baby without blood? Can you? The life is in the blood. You can't have a bloodless church. And so when we teach about the blood of Jesus Christ, and the cross of Jesus, and the death of Jesus, and others say this foolishness, then I feel sorry for them because the book says he purchased the church with his own blood. John 8, 24 says, Except you believe I am he, you're going to die in your sins. All those in Egypt who did not have the blood applied to them, what happened to them? They lost the firstborn. Hello. So he purchased the church with his own blood. Now, we know that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Is that true? What does remit mean? If I remit your, you got cancer in remittance, it means God. Hello. So don't blame God for the need for an altar. We're the one that caused it. Don't blame God that there's a sacrifice there. We're the one that caused it. We're the one why He died. We sinned and He died for it. 
Either he died or we die. I'd rather him die than me die. Hello? What about you? Because if you die, you won't live again. You stay dead. But he came back from the dead. Now, he said, don't you know your, your body's not your own? That you're bought with a price? What price is that? Silver and gold? No. Your price is the blood. He bought you with the blood. Praise God. Membership is with the blood. You cannot be his member except you drink his blood and eat his flesh. Now, please, church, don't go around and tell people that we actually chew on the body of the literal Jesus Christ. No. He's talking about communion. Church, you can't go to heaven without the blood of Jesus. If there is no cross, there is no salvation. Now, I know there's other religion that will mock this and, and laugh at it. That's up to them, but I don't believe what they're saying. I want to tell you, my friend, without Jesus' blood, there is no atonement, there is no redemption, there is no remittance, and there's no justification, and there's no forgiveness, and there's no peace with God, and there's no sanctification with God, and there's no justification with God. You've got to have the blood of Jesus applied to your life. Now, here's how it's done. Turn to Acts 2.38. If you don't believe Jesus died for your sins, you don't have to. If you don't want His blood applied to your life, you don't have to. But sir, madam, when you die, you die in your sins. Isaac has a choice. Die on that altar or accept God's sacrifice on the altar. You die for your own sins or let Jesus die in your own place. I chose that he should die for me. Hello. I will not go the way of Cain and give it to him my way and die without his way. Acts 2.38 Peter talked about the death of Christ and told him why he died. They asked him, what shall we do? He said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins here's why we don't teach a trinity because there is no trinity there's only one God hereby perceive we love of God now we'll come back to the scripture I'm going to show you something here John 3.16 1 John 3.16 let's go there and read it for yourself I want to teach you this folks you got to get this message here because I'm telling you the Lord's coming is around the door Except this blood applied to your life and mine, we are not going to be making it. You're washed in His blood. Everybody in heaven says, we are washed in His what? Blood. And we are made kings and priests unto who? Our God. Washed in His blood. This is not optional. It's not Brother Nina's idea. It's not gory. Don't worry about the environmentalists and all the, 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 the religion out there. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Who? God. Because He, God, laid down His life for us. So I so, can God die? Come on, church. God can die and come back if He wants a million times. Because death has no terror for Him. Death can't hold Him down. Because He alone has eternal life. He alone has immortality. He said, no man take my life. I lay it down and I take it back up. That's not what you said. 
Hey, my mother died singing this song. Money can't buy life. He won't extend the life and couldn't do it. Queen Victoria wanted to give half her kingdom for more life and couldn't do it. Only Jesus Christ can have 15 years to your life. Only He alone can do it. And so He said, look, God laid down His life for us. When? Where? At Calvary. 360 stripes on His back. Why? Because that's how many days in a, in a year. And every day there's a healing for you. By His stripes we are healed. And came from Jesus blood and water. What for? Remission of my sins. When I'm in trouble, I plead the blood. Hallelujah. If I die before He come, I go down in His blood. I stand. I hope you get the message. When he died, he was the bleeding lamb. Thorns on his head. Nails in his hands. Nails in his feet. Blood and water coming from his side. Jesus Christ crucified with 360 stripes across his back. Why? For my healing. For my redemption. His death was for the innocent. Amen. The innocent rather died for the guilty. For the remission of sin. God said, hereby we see His love. Oh, hallelujah! He borrowed the cross, amen, of Barabbas. He borrowed the grave of Joseph Arimathea, and He borrowed the sins of all of us. I'm talking about Jesus, the true God. And He said, without Him, there is salvation in no other name, no other blood, no other name, no other person among men whereby you must be saved because in His blood the name is in there. When I go to the blood bank and give a little blood here and there, you know what they do? They put my name with my blood. And when you got the name of Jesus, friend, the blood is applied. That's why in this church we baptize in Jesus' name. Because we believe the Word was Jesus. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the life of the flesh is the blood unto Him that loved us and washed us in His own blood. I want to know, are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing flood of the Lamb? Mm. What Abraham failed to do, God gave His only begotten Son. That whoso believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Are you washed?